Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I made the mistake once of casually asking a priest friend of mine, so Father, how was church last week? He replied, oh, you know, it's the same old thing. The Holy Spirit came down from heaven and changed ordinary bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. Same old thing. Now, today's gospel relates a story of another day, what happened at church, when Jesus was the guest preacher. The story is told by Luke, who was a physician, and he loved to recount the details of healing stories. In this one, he doesn't tell us where this particular church was, but he does tell us that in attendance that day was a woman who was bent over. The Greek says that she was doubled over, bent at the waist permanently, and could not get up. We don't know her name, and unlike other healing stories of Jesus, she did not ask to be healed. She was just there in church that Sabbath. She probably had what we call ankylosing spondylitis. So this is a very chronic, painful condition that starts as low back pain and inflammation. You bend forward a little bit to relieve the pain. The bones fuse behind you. You bend forward a little more and a little more, and gradually you're bent over, as this woman is described. It's very painful. She couldn't sleep on her front or her back, only on her sides. And while we have a very fancy name for it now, ankylosing spondylitis, it's just as incurable today as it was that day in the synagogue. And we could imagine her unable to look anywhere but down at the ground in front of her. It would have been very difficult for her to look anyone in the eye, face to face. She might have been stared at, maybe made fun of, maybe shunned. She may have been challenged to take care of herself. And at times, I'll bet she was hopeless, despairing, helpless, and she certainly felt pain. But she was in church that Sabbath morning because 18 years of pain had not destroyed her faith. And Jesus saw her in the congregation and he called her to come forward. She didn't ask him to be healed. Jesus called her. Jesus saw her condition, and he was moved with compassion. She obediently came forward, and Jesus spoke to the words that you just heard. Woman, you have been freed from your weakness. Now, that word translated free is apoluo. It's a loaded word in the New Testament, and it's used other words, uh, other places in the New Testament to talk about loosing or divorce or sending away someone or something. It carries the meaning of loosing of burdens, physical and spiritual. But in addition to the words that Jesus said, he also touched her with his hands and immediately it says she stood up straight. Now upon straightening up, you could imagine that she would find herself face to face with Jesus. And after that, I like to think that she probably turned around and looked at the congregation around her, people that she had struggled to see face to face just moments before. Jesus' word and touch 
had healed her weakness and changed her entire view of the world, quite literally. And brothers and sisters, like the woman who has been over for 18 years, we too are in church today, and we are waiting to be freed from our weaknesses. There's a saying that you've probably heard that, remember that everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. It's our human fallen condition to struggle, and everyone is overwhelmed by something. Everyone is in pain for some reason. Jesus in this story refers to it as our weakness, something over which we're powerless. Perhaps we're bent over with grief or anxiety or fear or despair, or maybe we feel lonely even in a crowd. When this happens to us, we're weighed down and we're bent over, only able to look at the ground in front of us. And like that woman, we find that Jesus is here today. It's that same old thing that my priest friend was talking about. In church, like her, we hear Jesus' word and we receive his touch. The first half of the divine liturgy is called the liturgy of the word. And the second half is the Eucharist, where we physically touch the Lord as he feeds us with himself. God created the very world by his word and created us as humans with the touch of his hands, molding us out of the earth. And Jesus is recreating us by his word and by his touch here in church today. Jesus came to her even though she did not ask. And the good news of the gospel is that God has taken the initiative. He comes to us even without our asking. The apostle Peter says, that God's plan for our salvation through Christ was foreordained before the foundation of the world. God became a man and came to us to save us, not as some contingency or rescue plan, a plan B. It was plan A all along, before the world was created, before humans were formed. God already had in mind and knew that he would have to come and save us, and he created us anyway, so greatly as he moved with compassion for our condition. And like her, we come before God not even knowing what to ask for, but trusting that he grants us what is best for our salvation. Jesus knows and calls each of us by name, the scripture says, just as he called that woman in church that day. And like her, we each need to come forward and respond when he calls. And when we do, bent over, humbled before him, like the publican who couldn't even lift his eyes to heaven but just said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. He will heal us with his word and with his touch, a broken and contrite spirit, O Lord, thou wilt not despise. But, you know, there was another contrasting reaction in church that day, that of the ruler of the synagogue, He saw this whole scenario as a violation of Sabbath law. He says, there are six days for work. Come on those days for healing, not the Sabbath. He didn't share the joy of that woman or of the congregation that someone who had an affliction for 18 years has been healed. His religion was all about the rules and the regulations. And imagine it, Jesus, God himself, the inventor of the Sabbath was standing right there in front of him, and he missed it. This is terrifying to me. Uh, He was the man that probably in the church, as the leader of the synagogue, knew the scriptures, 
knew the Torah better than anyone else, but he, confronted with the author of the Sabbath, missed it. He was unable to allow those scriptures to sink from his head into his heart. Now, Jesus tried to meet him on his own grounds and argue from the scriptures and the law that if we're permitted to care for animals on the Sabbath day, surely we're allowed to have compassion on this daughter of Abraham. It's about love. Love trumps the law every time. If it were not so, Jesus would not have come to save us. What the scholar failed to comprehend is that the whole story of the scriptures from start to finish is that God loves us and will go to any length necessary to save us. Even becoming a man, humbling himself, and suffering crucifixion and death. So what is it then that is appropriate to be done on the Sabbath? And what is the meaning of the Sabbath? Jesus, on the Sabbath of Holy Saturday, rested in the tomb, but he also descended into Hades and loosed, that's that word, apoluo, loosed the dead. And this is depicted on our beautiful icon of the resurrection. Jesus destroyed death and Hades on the Sabbath, securing for us resurrection and eternal life. He defeated death on that first of Sabbaths, royal and supreme, as we say, on Pascha. He was actively completing his great act of love for us on the Sabbath, foreordained before the foundation of the world, but made manifest to us in these last days, as St. Peter says. In the light of the resurrection, we see that the healing of this woman and all of the other healings that Jesus performed were signs of this definitive healing of our condition. They were glimpses of the kingdom of God breaking into the world on earth as it is in heaven. Like the woman, bent over for 18 years, it's good for us to be here in church today. Let us give glory to the God who loves us, who died and rose again for us according to God's plan before the foundation of the world. In humility, may we draw near to him with faith and with love. Glory to Jesus Christ. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.